Ah, beloved, I'm Pastor Trey, and you're now listening to the New Living Translation. This is Bonafide Bible Talk, because God speaks my language too, and I'm sure enough about to act like it. Let's go. Let me start by saying thank you. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your support. If this is your first time listening, welcome. If you're a regular listener, welcome back. I don't take any of this for granted. The fact that you would sit here, look at my mug on the cover of a podcast with my name, however vain that might seem, and then press through and listen anyway. That's amazing. Secondly, let me go ahead and say that this is going to be the last episode, not of the translation, but of this particular season, this segment. At year's end, we're going to take ourselves a little break uh, from producing all three of our podcasts, three black men podcasts. Black Coffee and Theology, The New Living Translation. We're going to take a quick break for just a couple weeks while we gear up for uh, some stuff in the next couple of seasons, which first of all gives you an opportunity to go ahead and listen to all that stuff. Get caught up if you missed some episodes of Three Black Men. Please, please, please check out my brother Rob's uh, podcast, Black Coffee and Theology. It's going to bless your life. It surely blessed mine. The conversations he's having on there are simply amazing. I know some of the conversations he has queued up for the next season are just as amazing. And it has been a blessing to know this brother, to listen to his voice, bless so many different people. Same for my brother, Sam. Such amazing people I get to work with all day. I'm sorry, I'm just coming back from the little Thanksgiving break. We took a week off there, heading into the Christmas season. I'm feeling cheerful. I just want to share how much I love so many of these people that I'm blessed to be in relationship with with now speaking of christmas if you're thinking of what can i get sam and trey and rob for christmas that is a fantastic question i'm glad you asked it let me go ahead and let you know first and foremost that you can consider subscribing to our patreon at patreon.com slash three black men you can do that that's gonna bless us richly and hopefully it's gonna bless you too because we got a bunch more content over there For the translation in particular, every single episode I do right here on this podcast, there is a behind the scenes peek that some of our Patreon subscribers get. And then a behind the text episode where I talk a little bit more about the actual text I deal with in these episodes and my approach to interpreting and sometimes translating, translating, whatever you want to call it. All of our Patreon subscribers get access to that behind the text episode. But please consider doing that. You can also go ahead and leave a rating and a review on iTunes if you can for not only the New Living Translation but Three Black Men and Black Coffee and Theology. It's going to help people find us and the more people find us, the greater the potential for somebody else to come into this community and help us create some more of this content that I hope you found to be somewhat of a blessing. So that's how you can bless us for Christmas. Now, with that being said, this episode It's not like a Christmas special, no Charlie Brown Christmas special, but I did want to deal with this episode near the front of the Gospels. As a matter of fact, in Luke chapter one, where Mary first learns of her role in God's master plan of this thing that I like to call the gospel. Out front, I want to warn and perhaps apologize for a couple of the liberties I've taken here. Out of all of the translation episodes I've done to date, Like before this one, the one that made me the most nervous is when I dealt with the 23rd Psalm, because I recognize that that scripture holds a very special place for a lot of different people. 
And I don't want to offend anybody by putting my interpretation of my spin out there and somehow devaluating their interpretation. Today's scripture reading includes the Magnificat. And I recognize there's the same potential for offense or drawing back when I speak such a treasured piece of scripture in my own vernacular. So I want to reiterate that my goal is never to offend, but to make the scripture a little bit more accessible to certain people who've never connected with the language that the scriptures have been presented to them in. I make no apologies for who I am and how I speak, but I do apologize for any offense that may be felt or engendered by the way that I approach this endeavor. With that being said, there is one particular term I almost took out. I almost didn't even want to do it, but it's how this happened in my head. Two different times I used the term baby mama out of the mouth of Mary and out of the mouth of Elizabeth, because in the context of this particular story, it seemed to be a fair representation of what was happening. The word that I translated as baby mama is translated in most cases as maid servant or handmaid or handmaiden. It's literally referring to a female slave, right? And what is communicated in that is that people don't really have agency in that position. Mary is surrendering herself to God's plan. Just so happens that in this particular context, God's plan, having a baby with the woman God is not married to, right? God's covenant is with a people, but his plan includes this particular child. And so I made a choice that might ruffle some feathers because of what people think of when they hear the term baby mama. But I also want to challenge us to rethink why we look at that term with such disdain as if motherhood and life is something to be ashamed of, even if it's not in the most ideal of circumstances. As we're about to find out, not too many of the things that happened in this story were in the most ideal circumstances. So without further ado, this is Bonafide Bible Talk about Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 56. We get to learn about a promise. Elizabeth was six months pregnant when God sent the angel Gabriel to a hood called Nazareth out in Galilee. He was looking for this young lady named Mary, who was supposed to be marrying one of King David's kin, this dude named Joseph. Gabriel pops up on Mary and says, Beloved of God, out of all the women in the world, the Lord done smiled on you. <laughs> Mary was not flattered. Matter of fact, she was disturbed. She ain't know what buddy was getting at. Don't trip, Mary. The angel told her. God got something special for you. Here's the deal. You're going to have a baby. And we need you to call him Jesus. He's going to change the game in a major way. And he's going to inherit David's throne. But like forever. All that waiting we was doing on the return of the throne. That's your son we've been waiting on. Matter of fact, they going to call him God's son. <laughs> you about to have God's son. Mary asked, how's that supposed to happen when... Like, I ain't even never done that night thing. The angel said, The spirit of God is going to fall on you. And God's power is going to take center stage on this one. It's going to be a miracle, baby. And that's why they're going to call him the son of God. I'll do you one better. You know your kinfolk Elizabeth? How old as she is? She pregnant. Six months. 
People been saying she couldn't have no kids, and now she done got knocked up. Ain't nothing impossible for God. Mary said, Consider me God's baby mama then. We gonna go with your plan. And the angel left. Couple days later, Mary done got herself up and went out to Judea, where Zechariah and Elizabeth live. She went to their crib and popped in on Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard Mary greet her, the baby in her womb jumped, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. She shrieked with joy and said, Out of all the women in the world, God done smiled on you. How I get lucky enough to have God's chosen baby mama swing through my crib? When I heard you greet me, the baby in my belly got mad hype. And if you got the nerve to believe what God told you, I bet it's all going to happen. That's what I call blessed. Mary responded. Everything in me praises God. My spirit finds joy in the God who saves me. God saw little old me from the hood. And now the whole world is going to see me as blessed and favored because God is holy and chose to be great to me. God shows compassion to the whole world, to everyone who reveres God. The power of God is plain to see. God humbles the arrogant and takes rulers off their thrones. God lifts up the humble. God feeds fine things to the hungry and sends the rich back empty-handed. In God's mercy, God remembers Israel because God spoke to our forefathers, to Abraham, and to his children forever. Mary stayed with Elizabeth for three months and then went back home. I love this story because it seems so real. And it might seem strange to say about a story featuring angels and supernatural conceptions, but... If you've ever experienced a condition or a mindset where hope seems hard to come by, then you understand some of the things that are happening in this story in a different light. If you understand what it's like to live in a place where safety is not promised, then you understand some of Mary's apprehension when she's approached by this angel of God. If you know what it's like to carry a natural suspicion of the trustworthiness of anybody you don't know, then you know why Gabriel had to name drop Elizabeth in that situation. If you know what it's like to believe in a dream, but still hold some doubt about it, then you know why Mary had to get up and go to Judea and see Elizabeth once thought barren, but now six months pregnant in her advanced age, Elizabeth in person. If you've ever been in the presence of someone who was clearly favored by God like Mary was, then you know why Elizabeth's baby leapt the moment she heard her voice. If you've ever held a dream close to your chest the way Mary did and then had someone speak over your life and that dream the way Elizabeth did, then you understand why Mary felt compelled to pray that prayer to a God who had promised the impossible. So when I say that this story seems real, it's because I know what hopelessness feels like. I know what it's like to have dreams that you struggle to believe in. And I know what it's like to be in community with people who will speak 
into your life and speak into your dreams. And when you have nothing but your community and the promise of God to lean on, when there is no natural reason to believe that there is anything worth living for in your future, but you keep on believing that God has something better in store. I know what that's like. And so this story connects with me. It speaks to me because it celebrates the hope of a woman who didn't have much, but believed in the promise of God, believed in the promise of tomorrow, who shared that promise with those that she had been connected to and who found a way to praise God for what was yet to come based upon what she believed that God had already done. Perhaps it's worth noting that Mary doesn't mention Joseph in this episode. Her engagement to Joseph wasn't an engagement in our modern sense of the word in which Joseph would have popped the question to Mary and then she goes through this long, fancy dream wedding planning phase. No, what happens here is that Mary is promised to Joseph. She doesn't even have much agency in that situation. So what we see here is a young woman whose future she has no control over, approached by an angel of God and says that even in the middle of your situation, God sees you and God has a plan for you that is bigger than anyone can imagine. So if you've ever felt less than in control of your own destiny, can I put it to you that there might be a God worth praising, that your spirit can find joy in, a God who saves you, a God who can see you wherever you are and move on your behalf, a God who can use you to bless the world, a God who can show the very power of God through your life in your circumstance. And my prayer is, You'll be able to pray a prayer like Mary's, a prayer that mystifies people for generations to come. A prayer that changes the world and allows people to imagine new realities based on the promises of God. And maybe like Mary, we have to take a trip to do some investigating for ourselves to see how God is moving among other people. And then we take that newfound trust in God and we bring it back home. Translation is a production of Three Black Men, the podcast about theology, culture, and the world around us. You can follow us on Twitter at Three Black Men. That's the number three, not spelled out, Black Men. You can find me on all social media platforms at Pastor Trey 05. That's Pastor Trey 05. Don't send me no Facebook request, though. Like, I don't be over there. That's the bad place. This work has been made possible by a community of folks who've chosen to show their support through generosity. You can join us at patreon.com slash three black men. Spell three out that time though. Patreon.com slash three black men. There you can find even more original content from Sam, Rob, and yours truly. Make sure you subscribe to, rate, and review the New Living Translation and Three Black Men wherever you get your podcast. And remember, real recognize real. Don't get caught looking unfamiliar. <laughs>